Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Aubameyang to Chelsea, Serginho Des to Milan, Arthur to Liverpool, a failed medical at Nice. The Kigo Lasso live deadline day recap begins right now. Hey, everybody, welcome to Kigo Lasso. There's roughly 10 minutes remaining for clubs, players, and agents to push through very late deals, but already there's plenty for us to sink our teeth into from a dramatic final day of the transfer window. And I am so happy, Michael LaHood. It's nearly over. I'm so <laughs> over it. How are you, my friend? Oh man, I'm 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 depleted because I keep refreshing my timeline looking at one well two names. Phil Jones is definitely on that list as well. But refreshing my timeline looking for the name I want to see that he's out, but it hasn't come yet. Absolutely. Hey, by the way, congrats on the win. Ah, thank you. Uh, and thank you, Manchester United. Uh, Villa are not bottom of the table. Woo-hoo-hoo. Well done. But excellent stuff there. All right, let's get into it, everybody. Uh, Des Norris, uh, behind the scenes, will be updating uh, Mike and yours truly regarding uh, something that we may have missed. We've got a bunch of screens behind us, a bunch of uh, you know laptops with Fabrizio Romano and David Ornstein and everybody <laughs> involved. So don't worry. We're on it, and we're going to be reacting to all of it. This is a live episode, so please send in your comments if you are beginning with, if you're a Barcelona fan, how do you feel? How do you feel, Barcelona fan? Let's talk about the wild Barcelona transfer window. I mean, it's never a boring day, Mike LaHood, when it comes to Barcelona. Let's recap for a second. Aubameyang, Alonso, swap deal, done. Frankie de Jong stays. Serginho Dest to AC Milan. Hector Bellerin is in. No Bernardo Silva. Memphis is staying. Braithwaite to Espanyol, so he doesn't have to move that far away. Fakir deal is off. Alba, Jordi Alba, very <laughs> angry that the club offered him to enter Milan without consulting him. And amazingly, Pjanic is still there. What do you think? Where do you want to go with Barcelona? We'll start from the basement. Pjanic is still there. He is the new Phil Jones for FC Barcelona. And there's a Phil Jones trend. I cannot wait to see him trending on Twitter. But we'll stay in Spain to keep it on brand. This Barcelona team, they are trying to win at all costs. And it even means trying to get rid of players and offer them up behind their back. If you're a player, if you're the Bernardo Silvas of the world, players talk. If you're a player, how in the hell do you even think of going to Barcelona when you read those sorts of headlines? But money talks and standings and the glory of a team like Barcelona talks at the end of the day. And hey, some of the guys that are staying, question marks, it'll all wash out in the spin cycle throughout the season. I still think Frankie De Jong will rue staying at FC Barcelona. Credit to them, though, for convincing the players. And I think it's down to the fact that they have Xavi Hernandez, Barcelona legend, Spanish international, World Cup legend, all types of legend, convincing players to come play for him. 
And some of these players, the new ones coming out, I'm thinking of Frank Kessie, a guy who could have stayed in Serie A and become an AC Milan legend, helping him to win Serie A last year, going to Barcelona just to sit on the bench. And just all all action sort of transfer window, the type of stuff that just makes you depleted and energy on just low reserves after this window. We have five minutes left, and I believe uh, some more news are coming in, and we'll be talking about them all, of course. Uh, but let's stay with Barcelona for a second. Let's talk about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Um, wh- wh- how are you feeling about this one? Obviously, you know what? His first few months at Barcelona were actually pretty good. He was scoring some goals. Then the offseason came, uh, Robert Lewandowski news, etc., etc. And, of course, the tragic news of him being assaulted. He's fine. But now he's in Chelsea. He's back in London. I kind of like this, Mike LaHood. I kind of like Aubameyang at Chelsea. What say you? The best thing about Aubameyang, Aubameyang thrives when he's the main man, when he feels needed, wanted, and loved. When he came to Arsenal, they were desperate to get a player of his profile coming off a brilliant couple seasons at Borussia Dortmund. He became the main man at Dortmund because Lewandowski left. Now he's the main man at Chelsea, a Chelsea team that needs a goal scorer. Yes, they won the Champions League without a goal scorer, but they haven't been the same well-oiled machine. There's injuries, there's players out of form, and when you see how they've started the season, Kai Havertz is not putting away some of the chances that he used to last season. I thought he was brilliant for them last season. Some of those chances that they've been missing, Aubameyang will put away in his sleep, and I think he could be the recipe for success that Chelsea now need and have shown in the transfer window that they're willing to go and pay the money to get. Reuniting with Thomas Tuchel, of course, from their Borussia Dortmund's days. Yes, there's Norris. I'm seeing it. Don't you worry. <laughs> Jan Bednarek joins Aston Villa. Uh, I, I like this. A season uh, long loan from Southampton. We'll be talking about Villa a little bit more. Let's uh, stick with Barcelona a little bit. Bernardo Silva, it really seemed that actually it was all destined to happen for him. It didn't happen, of course. Memphis, the pie as well. He's staying as well. Are you... Uh, if you're a Barcelona fan, how are you feeling from an offensive standpoint? We know that Lewandowski is the is the pinpoint man, but then you know there's a lot of cooks in this kitchen. Ansu Fati, of course, on one side, Rafinha on the other one, and then the list continues with Gavi Pedri behind him. How are you feeling about this squad specifically now that uh, Bernardo Silva is not going anywhere? He's at Man City, but Memphis is staying. I guess Braithwaite leaving. Uh, it facilitates that. But how are you feeling about the offensive formula of Barcelona? Oh, you are feeling excited. And if you're not a Barcelona fan, you're feeling terrified. And if you're a Real Madrid fan, you're kicking the curb, hoping that none of these players would have gotten registered at the end of the day. And it becomes almost like BET's College Hill. Yes, I used to watch that instead of Friends. That's how I roll. This is a Barcelona team that there's so much pressure, and it's all centered around Robert Lewandowski getting off the mark. If all these other players come and Lewandowski doesn't score any goals, then it's a dumpster fire. It's, oh, no, we we got our main man, and he's not functioning. Robert Lewandowski is the key to the cog because now it's a focal point, almost like Erlen Haaland is to Manchester City. You have a focal point up top, which has to be respected by every team they play against, and now your starlets, now your Gavis and Pedris can really thrive, and you're seeing Pedri a player who's really accustomed to playing that final pass. He's even getting on the, the goal-scoring sheet. Usman Dembele, Rafinha, there's now depth in attack that you have, and, and they can unlock any sort of defenses on any given day. 
If you're a Barcelona fan, we want to hear from you, everybody. The live chat is on. Des Norris will post it up on the screen. I may even read it if I like it. But here's a question for everybody. What's your favorite transfer of this window? What is your favorite transfer of this window? Mike, before we leave Barcelona, Memphis Depay is not going anywhere. I mean, listen, like, he's a... He's a baller, like specifically yeah. for the Netherlands. Like he needs his minutes as well ahead of the World Cup, specifically because they're opening the damn thing. How are you feeling about Memphis Depay staying on Twitter? I have decided to stay at Barca. Really, Memphis? You decided? No. <laughs> Fully committed to contribute to the club's sporting success. I mean, I'm happy for you, Memphis. I think you're an absolute baller. But uh, you know, do you think that this is a good thing for my uh, for for Memphis, Mike? I think it's a very bad thing because where is he going to get the minutes? He's not going to play much outside of maybe Copa del Rey matches and occasional Champions League ladder stage of the group stages matches if Barcelona make it through early on. And when you think as these players, you put yourself in these players' shoes, it's all about the FIFA World Cup. Between now and when the World Cup starts, players are fighting for their places. And for the Netherlands, they need Memphis Depay. They need Frankie de Jong. I remember a show we did around the FIFA World Cup group stage uh, draw and recaps and stuff when the draw happened. It was you, TR, and I were talking about the Netherlands. And I cautioned TR about, hey, the Netherlands are not a, a given thing that they're going to progress if their star players aren't getting quality minutes. You need your players to play or else your team's going to suffer. For Memphis Depay... It was a bummer because looking at Syria, I think a, a team like Juventus would have really, really, really benefited from having him. He gives yeah. just a little bit of different quality, physically gifted player, but also technically gifted. And what a long distance shot that he has. Penalty kick specialist. And when you think about knockout competitions, Copa Italia, Syria, those are the little nuances and details that separate teams in the end. By the way, uh, the transfer window is shut. It's Whoa. closed, but clubs can still complete moves after the deadline hour if they submitted a deal sheet before the deadline. So stay tuned. Maybe some extra moves coming in. But again, we ask you, what's your favorite transfer of this window? All right, Jordi Alba. You know, a staple of Barcelona, not happy, Mike, that he found out that he was going to be shifted to Inter Milan. His sporting director had to talk to his agent, and he wasn't happy. In the end, it didn't happen. Talk to me about this. It's kind of ridiculous. I'd be pissed. This is this is your your club. You you gave up wages. You've given everything. You've won Champions League. You put your body on the line. You've committed to this club. When you give up your wages, you commit to the club and not seeing any commitment back from the club that you're willing to give up your salary towards, it's a farce. I would be pissed and I would be looking in the January transfer window to get the hell out of Dodge. It's still a dumpster fire. I don't care how many games they win. When you're doing things like that behind players backs that is not good for business and that will karma will get you barcelona karma will get you i'm going to go to a witch doctor karma will get you luis solano there with a great comment uh he said that he doesn't like alba leaving he's the closest like for like player in shabby system and can bring goals considering the world cup is near alba would provide that needed rest for Lewandowski. very good point my friend i actually Saw them live at the beginning of the season, and Aubameyang looked very good in, in the system. So it'd be interesting to see. We have another comment after that. There's noise. You can throw it all up there. Thank you, by the way, everybody. Keep on throwing them up. Valentina Raya del Milenio Millennial. What a name. I love it. My favorite <laughs> desk to Milan. Great move. It is a good move. I like it. I like Serginho Dest to AC Milan, Mike LaHood. What, what do you think? 
I think it's a great move because he's going to a team that just is coming off Syria defending their title. They're playing with confidence. No, they're not top of Syria, but they've played well. They've performed well. And it's a team that has some elder statesmen up top, but they're a young team overall. They're a team that is ambitious. They have a sporting director in Paolo Maldini, who's a legend and who knows what it takes to be successful and is not afraid to go after young talent, develop them, and keep them to build on something special for Milan. And if you're a US MNT fan, you are golf clapping. You are golf clapping, and it will become a louder clap when you see him perform in Serie A. I think his game translates well because this is a Milan team that have so much success down their left-hand side, and their right-hand side does not get much productivity. With Dest, overlapping runs means you get more numbers in the box because you can get your wingers in to support Olivier Giroud, Rafa Leal, and even Theo Hernandez, who looks like a world beater as of late. Yeah, this is a very dynamic AC Milan. It's no coincidence why they won Scudetto. It's young, it's energetic. To your point, he has some very talented players, but they rely a lot on the wingback positioning. And I think that that's going to be mm. so great for Serginio Desta. He's going to be in a place that really sort of favors and nurtures all his ability. So great move for Serginio Desta. Fantastic stuff. All right, we're moving. We're leaving Barcelona, okay? Barcelona, you are done. Let's see how you end up doing in La Liga, at the very least until... January. Let's go to Chelsea, by mm-hmm. the way. And we ask you, Chelsea fans, it's your time to talk. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, by the way? Reunited with Thomas Tuchel. I'm excited. Are you excited? But here's the surprise one, Mike LaHood. Dennis Zakaria to Chelsea from Juventus out of left field. You're putting your thumbs up. Give me your thoughts, buddy. I love this player. I remember when I first saw him, I think he plays for the Swiss national team. When I first saw him, I was like, whoa, this guy's got it all. He's honest. His attitude. Last season, he went to Juventus, and it was when he was inserted in that midfield, Juventus, Max Allegri put him in, and they started having a surge. He gives them the ability to cover ground, and that midfield, when N'Golo Conte gets healthy, you shall not pass. Conte will be able to cover ground going forward. Zakaria could cover ground laterally and defensively. It gives him a bit more bite in the middle. And N'Golo Conte is not getting any younger. Surprise stat. Jimmy Conrad always talks about how old N'Golo Conte is. And now Chelsea seems to have heard the call. They're getting depth in midfield, more dynamic player, which they need because they, they look too easy to break down right now from other teams. Leeds United proved it, running right down the middle of the park, and other teams are proving it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's Chelsea's biggest vulnerability right now, their midfield. Obviously, Kanti's not getting any, any younger. And, uh, you know, Jorginho is not playing his best times right now. And neither is Kovacic, to be honest. Conor Galler is showing right now that he's still a little too vulnerable for this Chelsea side. Sakaria is tremendous. And Aubameyang, fantastic. Ilias, how are you, buddy? Thank you so much for being part of the family. As an Arsenal fan, I hate Aubameyang. <laughs> of course you do, my friend. Of course you mm-hmm. do. I, I don't die. But you got Gabriel Jesus, Ilias. Yes, you should be be fine and you should be more than happy. By the way, as we're chatting, Mike LaHood, free Pulisic is trending. (laughs) And I wonder if Mark Pulisic has anything to do with it. But in the end, as we all reported, as we all knew, Pulisic is going nowhere. How worrying is this for you, for Captain America? I'm very worried about it as a U.S. men's national team fan and as a fan of Christian Pulisic. And really, I became a fan of Pulisic through my younger brother, Derek, who is a massive Dortmund fan. He was the one who put him on my radar saying, hey, this kid's a stud. He's going to be a star. Christian Pulisic needs to play. He needs to feel wanted and loved. And he's still a young player becoming a grown adult. 
And with this free Pulisic trending, the fact that his dad's getting involved, I just want to see him away from that. And there's no shame if you're Christian Pulisic going to a team that's a mid-table team, if you're going to stay in the Prem, just go anywhere. If he's there throughout the season, if he's still on the bench through January, he needs to leave Chelsea. This Chelsea team's in a bit of disarray. They've got new pieces, but if they don't hit and he's still not playing, they needs to call his agent, call his dad even, and get him out, say, Mom, Dad, come pick me up at London Heathrow. I'm out. So listen, as we're talking, the, the you know the uh, transfer window is shut, but Barcelona have come out with a very cryptic post here. Transfer news three, two, one coming soon. I wonder if they submitted something very late, mm-hmm. and if something very big is about to come. I mean, we were warned about this uh, earlier in the day that Barcelona were planning to announce something big. I don't know if it means anything. I don't know if it means that they finally managed to pay off half of Camp now because it's renovating. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but stay tuned for that one. Ilias, I believe you have another comment for me. Des Norris, put it up, buddy. I want to read a little bit more from Ilias, Arsenal fan number one. Uh, by the way, you should be very happy uh, that you have. Uh, Luis, why didn't you give us Luis? <laughs> first, of all, first of all, don't forget, L-U-I-Z. Ilias, it's mm. Douglas Louise. <laughs> you know why we didn't give it to you, Des? I don't know if you can find my tweet about Salt Bay because Arsenal's bids were like so ridiculous. They were like offering 20 million. That's not mm. happening. Then they were offering 23 million. That's not happening. Then they were offering 23 million plus 2 million in add ons. What are you doing? Like, it, it, we don't want anything close to 20 million. Listen, the Douglas Louise situation is very important for us. Number one, um, Yes, he's entering his final year of his contract, but there's a 20% sell-on clause to Manchester City. So, like, if we sell him for 20 million, 20% of that is going to Man City. So this is not going to work. It needs to be, at the very least, 40 million. At the very least. And obviously, he wouldn't get that. But that's what it is. All right, we got to... Yes, Mike, throw it in. Throw in the question, buddy. Yeah, as I was thinking about it, Villa, not the strongest start. If the transfer window is extended, maybe another month or a week or whatever extension, what type of player would you ideally want to solve Summer Villa's woes? Yeah, we need a number eight. Uh, I'm very sad and disappointed at the way that Morgan Sanson has been treated. I think he's a very good player and he never has gotten the... uh, uh, Option or opportunity to do anything. Uh, I think we need a number eight. There's, there's <laughs> that was Arsenal's bid. It's like, oh, okay, we'll just uh, another sure. like. It was like kind of like, do you remember that when they who bid for Luis Suarez forty million plus? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what this was. But to answer the question, <laughs> listen, Aston Villa have many problems, and I've already made it very public. Everybody, I will stand behind him because he's the manager right now. But I don't think that Steven Gerrard is the manager to lead us. I've already said mm-hmm. that. I, I've closed that book, but I support him, okay? It's not mutually exclusive. I'm not going to completely castigate this human being. I respect him as a legend, but I haven't seen anything from him that shows me that we can move forward with him. So that's one problem. In terms of personnel, I feel that we need a number eight, somebody that can sort of break those chains and interlock and intertwine with, you know, the likes of Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings. And then the other side is I'm such a believer, Mike LaHood, in a team having width, like mm. you need width, yeah. need wingers. It's not always going to work with wingbacks. I, I don't like it. So we have Leon Bailey on one side, but now that Triore is gone, Anwar El Ghazi is gone, we need another winger. So I'm hoping, or I was hoping that we could have gone another winger. <laughs> so 
And we have Jan Benarek. I think that's a very good center back, uh, more than 130 appearances for Southampton. And we have uh, Leander Dendonker, more than 120 appearances for Wolves, a very strong midfielder. So I'm happy with that. But I wish we would have gone an eight and a winger. So, you know, we'll, we'll, time will tell to see how everything does. We're not bottom of the table. Thanks to your Manchester United. So ah, thank you. For we do that. what we can. We do what yeah. we can. Hey, by the way, we have a question for Mike Lahoud to round off uh, the first half. Mike, Matt Osman says, yo, Mike, should Pulisic start for the USMNT if he's not playing for Chelsea? I'm always conflicted with this because I'm a big believer in you you reward players who are getting minutes. But I think Christian Pulisic and Greg Berhalter has shown this, that Christian Pulisic, it's what he does when he puts on the USMNT shirt that matters most. I would, I would put that sort of decision based on what he does in the next window should he get called up and i think he will get called up if he performs for the usmnt we've seen it on the international stage where players aren't playing for their club but they're playing well for their their country memphis Depay this past year wasn't playing for fc barcelona that well but as soon as he put on the dutch shirt he was banging in goals and you have to reward a player for what they did recently and for the usmnt pulisic he's a hot hand and will be important for them at the world cup yeah, absolutely correct. All right, uh, let's see. We're going to take a break, everybody. When we come back, Mike LaHood and yours truly will continue with the conversation, including we just want to show you just how powerful the Premier League is compared to other leagues. We'll talk about some other intriguing storylines, which you will find kind of hilarious. Uh, we'll discuss a few more moves, perhaps some other future transfers that have come in after the deadline, and that should be it. Kegolasso live transfer deadline recap. Mike LaHood, LME. We will be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Kigo Lasso, live transfer deadline recap. Thank God it's over. Now we can just focus <laughs> on what's really important, which is the actual football on the pitch. All right, let's uh, recap a little bit more here, Mike LaHood. Let's talk about, I was talking to Miguel Delaney. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, yes, uh, I, I don't want to get fired here. Plug Champions League. <laughs> Make sure that you watch it next week exclusively on Paramount Plus and CBS Sports. And Kegolasso will be the place to get your previews and your recaps. So make sure that you are joining us as the greatest tournament in football competition carries on another season. All right. Our friend Miguel Delaney here, uh, by the way. Mike uh, had a good tweet here regarding just the spending power of the Premier League. Premier League's current net spend this window is almost 1.3 billion. The next big net spend, La Liga, with 55 million, which is basically what Man City spends on a weekend away. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And let's note, by the way, that the champions of Europe are not from the Premier League; they're from somewhere else. So, what 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 do you say about these numbers? I think the big discrepancy in those numbers is because Barcelona and Real Madrid, yes, they spent, but because of the registration issues with Barcelona, that's why those numbers aren't as high or close. And also Real Madrid, they didn't put as much money in. Yes, they got Germany coming in, but Carlo Ancelotti made it very emphatic about, you know what? I'm not looking to add too much to this squad. Atletico Madrid, if this was a year or two ago, La Liga would definitely be in this conversation for the Premier League, the addition of Newcastle United, Tottenham Hotspurs spending money on their stadium, bringing in a manager like Antonio Conte, Nottingham Forest, gosh, can't wait to talk about them later on in the show. But there's money. There's such a cash injection from owners, American owners, Todd Bowley coming in to save the day for Chelsea. There's so much money. And I'm looking at you, OVO Productions, Drizzy, Liverpool, LeBron, now in Italy. But there's so much money that's being 
brought into the league that teams are, are are changing overnight from bottom dwellers and cellar dwellers to the rich kids. Yeah, absolutely right. Listen, like nothing speaks more than just the TV rights uh, in, in the footballing world, and it's it's no secret to how much a network pays for a tournament or a league. And, and that's really what you're seeing. And the Premier League is absolute king with this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look, and we're going to talk about the Nottingham Forest of the world compared to other teams of the same type of level in other leagues, it's not, it's night and day. It's night and day. And that's the absolute reality of it all. I personally just think that financial fair play should be way stricter. There should be a salary cap. And the, the third thing, actually, is I think the, pre, the the transfer window should shut before, you know, by the time the season begins, that's it. Like, you're done. I, I, I don't like the idea that, that business is being handled after matches are played. I, I think it's an unfair advantage, uh, not just, you know, intertwining itself within domestic competition, but in European competition, right? Uh, I think that once the season begins, that's it. Your business is done. I don't care who you are. Mm. Yeah. Your form. I think that would help a lot of uh, a lot of things. Uh, and by the way, Desnor is saying Duque Caleta Car leaving Champions League behind with uh, Marseille to join Southampton. <laughs> so, you know, th- there's a good case in point right there. All right, let's uh, let's talk about a really fun story here. Well, <laughs> I say fun for the neutral, but uh, Bamba Diang, by the way, uh, he was uh, you know he, he was all set to go to Leeds. Leeds United was was ready to go. And uh, unfortunately, he uh, gets cold feet about it and, and then and ends up getting, failing his medical at Nice. <laughs> what a day for him, huh? Oh, man. We were talking about karma earlier for Barcelona. Karma definitely getting Bamba Dieng, a player who I like quite a bit. One AFCON with Senegal. We got to cover him earlier in the year on Kego Lasso, a player with a lot of promise. He has league experience. And if this would have happened in the Premier League, we've seen some of the hijacked deals. I think of what William being hijacked. That's one prominent one for a London club going to Chelsea. But if this would have happened in the Premier League, I wouldn't be surprised. The fact that it happened in League uh, is the one that made me just do a double take. And Bamba Diang, oh, absolute just hand and face moment. Oh, just just an awful, an awful day. Uh, it, it, terrible, terrible stuff. Absolutely hilarious for the neutral, but terrible for him. All right, yes, we'll talk about it right now, everybody. And by the way, this is a live episode. I want to know if we are not discussing your club, what is your favorite transfer of the transfer window? Well, what is yours, uh, Mike LaHood? What's your favorite transfer? You know, ever, ever since it opened to right now, which one has been your most uh, fun to pay attention to? I think what Leeds are doing, when they got Jesse Marsh as their manager, they stayed up. The saga with Rafinha, will he stay, will he go? And I'm thinking ahead of to the World Cup. We gave Free Pulisic a shout-out. But Brendan Aronson, Tyler Adams, I was talking about it. And as I said, my, my wife at our wedding became an honorary Leeds fan. It's a family issue, but I'm not going to go there. But I was telling her about Leeds, and, and she got really excited because all she heard was, there are Americans on the team? That's awesome. I'm going to watch them now. Um, Just young American players getting a chance under American manager. That grabs my heart. Jesse Marsh, a former teammate of mine. I'm rooting for them. Never thought I'd say that. But you have my – it just pulls on my heartstrings, Leeds United. And to see how they've started, to see their ambition, not wasteful spending, but being smart. I thought Sinistera, as long as he continues to hit, already a goal to his name in the cup, if he can land – 
the January transfer window, I would not be surprised if they continue to go after more young pieces that fit Jesse Marsh's system. Yeah, absolutely right. And by the way, uh, David Ornstein uh, reporting how Leeds were very close for Blackburn striker, the Chilean Ben Brereton Diaz. Uh, LUFC were ready to do it, but uh, unwilling to meet the 15 to 20 million pound valuation. Uh, so the 23 year old doesn't plan to sign a new deal. So probably offers a free agent next summer, but he's become a bit of a cult hero. Um, with with Chelsea, with Chelsea, I'm sorry, with with Chile. But Leeds did in the end uh, set to sign Willy Nyonto from FC Zurich. Deal is almost done per Fabrizio Romano, just waiting for the work permit, and then it will be the final signing. So Leeds are getting that Italian talent, a very talented Italian striker as well. Dan James, by the way, from Leeds has gone to Fulham. It'll be very intriguing, very intriguing move indeed. Uh, fantastic stuff. All right. So, uh, oh, Carlos Vinicius also, if you remember him from his time at Tottenham, he's also at Fulham, uh, yes, previously from Benfica, was at Tottenham for a little bit. All right, let's uh, focus, uh, just a recap here on my Aston Villa, everybody, Douglas Luiz, uh, as we mentioned. Douglas Luiz was all set to do a three-year contract extension, and then mm -hmm. things were not going well for Villa. Uh, his agent, his representation started hearing Multiple stories about how there was so much interest uh, from other clubs, including Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, and Arsenal in the end, who came in with an official bid of 20 million. As I said before, Mike, uh, you know, there's a selling clause to Manchester City, so there was no way that Aston Villa was going to sell him for 20 million, specifically this late in the window. Arsenal came with a second bid for 23 million. Again, that wasn't happening. Then they went for 25 million, and that wasn't happening. So uh, Douglas Luiz is staying. Now there is a gamble. Final year of his contract, he's a free agent next year unless he signs an extension. Uh, hopefully, there's something that can be resolved there. But in the end, Douglas Luiz stays at Aston Villa. By the way, not a confirmed starter every single time, which is a, mm -mm. a shock to many Villa fans, including myself. But in the end, Douglas Luiz stays at Villa. Your thoughts? I think it's the wise move for him, and it's good on Aston Villa for not budging or biting at the hand, given how they've started the season. I think the Olympico, that Olympico goal, what a hit. What a goal it was, and I love how he flexed on the Arsenal fans afterwards. Olympico too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He did it know. against Bolton Wanderers in the League Cup, and he does it in training all every time. It's crazy. Yeah, but when a player shows you their value – and then that value goes up because you're playing against the team that currently is the top team in the league. I know it's early days in the Premier League, but hey, players' values go up in real time. And good on Aston Villa saying, we, we may not start in a week in a week out, but we have a gem of a player and you have to pay to play. And so Villa have an investment in Douglas Luiz and they're not going to settle for anything less than what they think he's worth. Best business done by Aston Villa so far because it hasn't been pretty. Yeah, absolutely. Ramsdale added 10 million to his value, says Des Norris. <laughs> Just that, yeah. a very good point. All right, well, let's uh, move on here. We've got a, a few minutes to go here in our live recap show. We want to hear from you, your favorite transfer of the window, Arthur. We talked mm. about this in the weekend preview. You'll hear about it uh, on Friday. I'm sure you can watch it later on. But Arthur joins Liverpool on a season-long loan from Juventus. Per Fabrizio Romano, Juve statement revealed that Liverpool had the option of making Arthur Melo's loan permanent next summer for a fee of $37.5 million, mm. dis despite the clubs denying that. That's a that's a pretty hefty fee for somebody that hasn't been starting that many. But Arthur Melo is a Liverpool player. Thoughts, my friend? 
I think it's it's a good move by Liverpool because it's low risk. You're getting a player on loan. You're getting a player who is desperate, who has been desperate to leave Juventus. And there are a couple deals that we thought were going to come through prior to this move. And also, it meets the need of both player and club. Liverpool need depth in midfield. It's been an injury crisis to start the season, an injury crisis that started last season, mind you, not just this season. And we had talked about this on some of the weekend recaps and weekend previews. Liverpool were having that slow start. They they look to have found their form, but getting a player who can be the stopgap offensively for Arthur Mello, I think his game trans, trans, translates well to the Premier League in terms of being secure on the ball, but it's in defensive transition. His ability to cover ground and cover it at speed isn't a big part of his game. And I think if Jurgen Klopp can get that into him, if he can learn the Liverpool uh, philosophy and DNA, then he could be a, a solid addition. But in the short term, I think it's a smart move from Liverpool. Absolutely. And it's not to say that everything is going to be reliant upon him. This is now a a midfielder that can come in and provide a lot of cover, a lot of protection. And by the way, we forget that the player that comes at the right environment under a good manager, just like Jurgen Klopp, you can see something new out of him. So I'm intrigued to see what happens to this Brazilian uh, with Liverpool. All right. Well, all right. Well, it's here. The Premier League big spenders are not Man City. No, they're not Chelsea. No, it's not Liverpool. Uh, no, Tottenham. No, sorry. It's Nottingham Forest. <laughs> what? 21 <laughs> signings in total. I did wow. so many memes out of Nottingham Forest today. <laughs> I can't even tell you. Nottingham Forest went all out. Everybody's very happy that Forest are back in the Premier League. Such a great club. They've won the Champions League twice right? This is a really historic team. City ground is fantastic. And they're going all in, Mike. They're going all in. So many names. I mean, I'm running out. Loic Bad, Batshuayi, <laughs> of course. Uh, we already talked about Lingard and other players, but 21 players for the Tricky Trees. Thoughts? Is this a good move or is this a Fulham move from a few seasons ago? It's starting to look like a Fulham move from a few seasons ago. So all these players coming in, very offensive-minded players. I'm going to throw Serge Aurier in Fabrizio Romano confirming that. He couldn't get enough of the Premier League. Thought La Liga was a good place for him, wanting to come back after a successful season at Villarreal. But defensively, who is going to stop other teams from scoring goals for Nottingham Forest? Uh, when, when teams come up from the championship, I always look at whether there's balance to the additions they're making. Is there is there anything in terms of, okay, let's go down the spine and add something to our back line, midfield, and attack? Forrest going for offense first, defense optional. And that worries me because you can become too top-heavy too fast. They got uh, O'Ni. I had to practice that because I tried to say that in the weekend recap. Had to come back for the live recap because pressure brings that out of you. But they got a, a goal scorer who's the leading goal scorer from Union Berlin. You have Brennan Johnson, who is the championship young player of the year. You have Batshuayi. Who's going to start and who's going to be on the bench? Jesse Lingard now finds himself on the bench in the last couple of games. And he was coming in to be the main man. So that could be troublesome for players who are looking to be week-in and week-out starters this season for Forrest. Yeah, Matt Osman saying Forrest feels very QPR when they signed the gazillion players. Uh, I'm just hoping that it all works out. They have a a very good manager, a very good technical team, and a a very united squad. So I'm hoping that 
this works out for them, but it is a bit of a gamble. I just read the funniest tweet, by the way, and I've asked just Des Norris to post it up. I don't know if he can do it, but it's so funny regarding Nottingham Forest. I'll just read it out, but I'll take away the expletive. But he said, oh, here it is. <laughs> Imagine the Nottingham Forest summer signings doing their initiation songs in the hotel the night before their next away game. It'll be like fucking Live Aid. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm staying out of that. It's like a million players. It's so Oh, true. my gosh. It's just too many people. It's absolutely. Well done, sir. You win Twitter for that. Absolutely unbelievable. But Nottingham Forest, the best of luck to you. All right. We are nearly there. We're going to say goodbye. But before we say goodbye, we ask you once again, give me your favorite storyline of this transfer window. Mike LaHood, final thoughts, my friend. The window is shut. It's now about what happens on the pitch. Who will be the biggest successor? Who will be the biggest failure due to these transfers? What do you think? I think now we can all sleep in peace or pieces, depending on who didn't come in for your club. As a United fan, I close with this. Cristiano Ronaldo, you will have to earn my support and the support of your teammates and the support of this fan base. And in a way, I can see him actually becoming a big key part of whatever we do at the end of the season. Because when he wants to play, good things happen. But United look to be one foot towards moving away from Ronaldo and moving past him into a new era, an era that has younger players. Jaden Sancho seems to be thriving without Ronaldo on the field. Marcus Rashford, who would have thunk? He was number nine when he started his career. He looks to be a number nine with United. Again, Eric Ten Hag seems to have his team, and I cannot wait to see their newest signing, Anthony, rip-roaring through the Premier League. We'll see, though. It was pretty exciting to see Casemiro in the Premier League. Mm. He was just uh, seamlessly moving along in that midfield. It looked very good. And I think, uh, uh, you know, it's a Ten Hag system. It's fluid. It doesn't really matter who's up front because it interchanges all, all the time. It's fantastic to see. And, you know, uh, I, I'm glad that, that that it's working out. And and, and I, I knew it all along. Cristiano Ronaldo was going nowhere because nobody yeah. is paying his contract, definitely, in this stage of the season. All right. Well, my final thoughts are this. I am so glad the transfer window is over. I want to give a big shout out to our friend, our colleague, Fabrizio Romano. He deserves a big ass drink at the end of this. <laughs> my God, he doesn't stop, by the way. He's going to be part of the Serie A and Champions League team as well. And obviously he'll continue with contract and transfer news. The man doesn't stop. But don't forget, you can watch him here on Kegolazo every single week. But we salute you, sir. Fantastic stuff throughout the entire window. And I want to thank all of you, by the way, for being part of our family. As I mentioned, our weekend preview is breaking down all the games of the weekend, including some great grudge matches. We also have the weekend recap, Champions League next week, Europa League, so much more to look forward to. Mike LaHood, thank you, brother. Always a pleasure. Yeah, LME, always a pleasure. The pleasure is mine. And hey, we can get back to what matters. The beautiful game. Absolutely. I'm going to grab a beer myself. Des Norris, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Kegolasso put on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso. Don't forget to share, spread the word. We want to hit 25,000 and then 30,000, then 50 and 100,000. We want to keep growing, baby. Have a fantastic rest of your day. We will see you next time and enjoy the weekend as well of matches. See you then. Till then. Bye bye.